I think kindness is probably the one thing that kept me grounded. You can be that beacon for yourself if you just remind yourself that, you know, you have these values to return to at the end of the day. So even if things get messy, like things go wrong in your life, knowing that you did something good for someone else, knowing that you did something good in general, even for yourself, putting good out there is not going to bring bad back to you. Like there's no harm in radiating that light. Whether you're hoping to heal the world or heal yourself, this podcast is here for you to highlight how kindness moves. Moves you to take action yourself or just makes you feel something so good it's contagious. You you might have been touched by a simple act of kindness. You might want tips on how you can act now in your community or you just love the feeling of doing good. Welcome to Kindness Moves, a new podcast brought to you by the INC Giving Project. We're your hosts, LP and Nan. Now, Nan, in a previous conversation, we discussed the importance of teaching kindness to kids. So, but what about, you know, after the kid phase? What about the tweens and the teens, the young adulthood and beyond? Yeah, you know, that that previous conversation uh, that we had with Teresa, it was a great one. You know, I I learned a lot in our talk with Mm -hmm. Teresa and I really, really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, But yeah, you're right, LP. What about the quote unquote kid phase? What about beyond that kid phase? Where do we go from there? When I look back at my teenage years, I remember so many of my peers, you know, finding it challenging to decipher what's important, what's cool, you know, not just now, but what's valuable even in the future. Gosh, when we were teens, we couldn't even think about the future. All our minds were were focused on as what is today, what's happening today. So is that even a possibility for us to think about how what we do today affects tomorrow and five, 10 years from now. You know, so today we will hear from a young professional who actually has been with the INC Giving Project as an INC Giving volunteer when the project first started back in 2011. She was only 15 back then, but even now she continues to actively volunteer and share acts of kindness. So let's welcome Natalie Fitzpatrick from Vancouver, British Columbia. Hello, Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Hi. <laughs> good to have Glad you here. To, good to hear from you guys again. Yay. Yeah, totally. We've been excited to to have this conversation with you. You know, LP and I have been looking forward to it. So thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Thank you for having me. We've spoken in the past and it's clear that you, you, you are a very kind person. So as you know, today we're talking about how it's cool to be kind no matter what age. A kindness, it really is timeless. So maybe we can start from the beginning. How can you recall from your childhood what is it that instilled in your childhood such a strong passion to help others and to be kind? Thinking back, I think it all starts really with my mom. Like your parents are your first example of kindness and what it means to show that to different people. Growing up, there were things taught to us and things that people read about all the time, like love languages and how one of those things could be like receiving gifts or giving gifts if that's the way that you express yourself. And I think The same can be said for kindness, even. I think with my family, especially growing up, my mom didn't grow up with a lot. So she had a pretty poor childhood. Growing up in the Philippines, she lived on a farm. So to her, she always expressed the value of things and how I should be grateful growing up that I had so much more than she ever had or that my experiences were never as difficult as hers had been. So her first lesson to me would be, treat people with compassion because you don't know where they came from. Mm -hmm. You don't know their backstory. So everyone deserves to feel that kindness or that love from somebody 
regardless of what your relationship is like with them. I love that. That's said beautifully. I'm grateful to your mom. And it, it's so awesome. Like like Nan said, in our previous discussion, we talked about, you know, the impact that parents can have on their kids. And so now here you are, a kid who directly received that from, you know, your parent. And you're, like you said, they're your first example. So thank you to our parents for all that you did and have done and are doing for us. Yeah, I agree with you. My mom, when I think back, you know, she was such a an inspiring and, and uh, strong person and, mm-hmm. and really influenced me a lot. And even when I think about it, like my mom influenced me as far as even my like my faith and even having the duties that I have. She was a big influence even in that sense. And, and that kind of led and fed into kindness. It was that kind of your similar experience too? I would say so. I think one of the things about her pushing or advocating, advocating for kindness and compassion all the time was that I have a younger brother. So growing up, like, obviously, when I was really young, I was very, very greedy and selfish (laughs) um, until he came along. (laughs) And then we get a life lesson. (laughs) Exactly. Big life lesson, having a younger brother. Um, And at that point, I think it all started with, you know, you need to learn how to share. And that that stems from, yeah, with your family. But then when you got into the world too, sharing your faith is huge too. Mm -hmm. So kindness doesn't just come from physical things like giving a gift to somebody or even just helping them with something that they need. Like maybe you're helping them pick up their groceries or bring stuff inside Mm -hmm. when they get home. Or just listening to someone. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Just listening, checking in on people. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you haven't talked to them in a year or more, just saying hi and asking them how they're doing, even though you don't know what's going on. I think that inspired me to I think be more social, which is also what pushed me to be stronger in faith. Mm -hmm. Because taking up some of the duties that I have, my responsibility is to do check-ins with people, make sure that they're all right. Um, And if they're not, offer ways that I can help them, even if I might not have the solution right here and now. Yeah, you will find the solution or we'll pray for one. (laughs) So Natalie, (laughs) you know, when you look back at it all, why was it so important that these values were deeply rooted, even at a young age? Maybe someone will wake up and they'll learn it in their 20s or 30s. But you having seen the value of it being deeply rooted in a young age, how is that important? How could things be maybe different if they weren't deeply rooted when you were young? Well, I'm gonna. I'll be honest with you. I was not always. <laughs> I don't think anyone. We're human. We no. try. Well, I. I really think like growing up, even though our parents try their best to teach us the right way or tell us how to act or give us examples of situations we might end up in where we need to be more considerate or think about the consequences. Obviously, as a teenager, you're not thinking about those things like you said earlier. I think it does come to a point, though, where you go through these life experiences and you realize or you put yourself in situations where you're like, I could use some help or I wish there had been a person there for me for this situation. Or maybe it would have been nice to have somebody check in on me or help me out when I could have used a hand. So I I think learning that at a young age and then having to go through those things on your own as you get older, you reflect on that and you think to yourself, well, if I'm not receiving that help or if I'm not receiving that kindness from somebody else, I can be the person putting that out there for someone that might be in my shoes right now or where I was before. So I think having that mindset from a young age, even though you don't experience it right away, when you get old enough to understand where that's coming from, it makes a huge difference in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just knowing that we all need help 
acknowledging that, you know, especially in this world today, everyone is on this independent kind of, you know, DIY this, do it yourself that, learn how to do this in how many days. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a very um, independent society, but we all at the root level are humans and we need someone. And it's always inspiring to, to know that there is someone on the other end willing to be there and to, to care for us and to help us, even if, like we said earlier, just listening. Absolutely. You know, so we established that it is at a young age, it's important, right, to have that solid foundation. But like you said, moving into tween years or teenage years, it's really, it's an awkward stage of life sometimes where, you know, we are very impressionable, like you said, and and we're exposed to so many outside influences. So at times it's hard. We have clouded judgment. You know, we want to think selfishly because we we can't see beyond today or or past tomorrow. So how did you yourself hold on to what you learned in your childhood about kindness? Well, going through high school, especially because that's that's where I was at when the INC Giving Project started. Yeah, I think I had a lot of really good role models that I looked up to. So I had one girl in my locale. She was five years older than me. She was just starting college. And she was the one that was initiating all these projects for our local congregation at the time. She was even herself an advocate for, you know, trying to help people when they need it. Because her mom especially came from a similar background that my mom came from. So I guess seeing someone that had grown up with an upbringing similar to my own or someone that had been inspired through her own personal experiences that was a little bit older than me helped me hold on to those values too. Because on my own, being surrounded by people, especially at school that didn't have that same, I guess, moral ground or didn't have that same moral compass, it could have been really easy for me to join them in whatever they were doing. For the ones that were into, you know, drinking alcohol in their teenage years or trying drugs for the first time or getting in with the wrong crowds. It was easier for me to avoid that because I was keeping busy doing other things for other people. I wasn't focused on me, 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 because that attitude that my mom passed on to me was look out for others as much as you look out for yourself. And that just naturally comes with being kind to other people. Very cool. And I think that the fact that you said that, you know, you were out helping people, you weren't so focused on me, me, me. You know, finding those opportunities is is one thing, right? But then when a project like the INT Giving Project comes along, that happened when you were 15, how did that help you all the more like hold on to those values and those convictions? What's crazy is there are tons of opportunities out there to do volunteer work, to help in your community, um, whether that's a park cleanup, whether that's, you know, going to a senior center and, you know, just spending time with them. But at that age, you don't really know that. You don't really have those resources available to you right off the bat. And there's no one really coming to you and saying, hey, we need volunteers here. Are you willing to come help out? So when the INC Giving Project started, I hadn't really done much community service or volunteer work before that. And this was me getting my foot in the door and starting it for the very first time. And I remember the very first project I participated in was a park cleanup. After that, I actually picked up, there was a course available at my high school called Human Services. And I picked that up after starting the INC Giving Project because I realized I could be doing more. Wow, that's awesome. Really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. So from there, I spent like about 100 hours of volunteer work throughout my second half of my senior year in high school, just going out and trying to find new places that I could lend a hand. So whether that be at a food bank or volunteering as a coach for a team, then I would just branch out from there. And I think INC Giving Project 
helped me keep my eyes open to where there were more opportunities in the world because it doesn't just stay at home with you kindness needs to spread very cool i had one last question regarding you know this part of of life right during the teenage years lp mentioned it earlier you know it it, it is an awkward stage um for us sometimes especially early in our teen years you know we're transitioning we're being exposed to so many influences so what about maintaining an outlook of kindness because it's one thing to go out and do kind things but then like any other person, we have so much happening, right? Especially in our teenage years, that can be confusing or overwhelming. So how did you maintain an outlook of kindness and just that drive to help others? I'm going to say truthfully, it was the words of God. Anything I heard in the lessons growing up, I was that kid who would go home after children's worship services, set up my dolls to pretend I was the teacher. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> nice. Very cool. And repeat the entire lesson to them. That's awesome. Oh, that's I'm, beautiful. That's the one thing that helped me hold on to it, truthfully. Um, any reminders about you know treating your neighbor as you would treat yourself or trying to do good and try to help others when they're down. Don't hold grudges. Don't be hateful, you know, be full of love for each other. And that applies not just to the people in your family or your brothers and sisters in faith, but to anyone that's around you, really. So I think having those reminders growing up as a kid and having my mom with her background all combined together just helped me hold on to like an anchor, I guess, for that belief. Absolutely. And then now I'm sure, you know, your friends from when you were in high school, when you were younger, they can look back and know that I remember Natalie. I have friends who, who say that as well, like, oh, you don't want to go out because, oh, you have a church activity. Yeah. But yeah. it's OK because, you know, and it's this 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 positive influence that, you know, if there's one thing that they remember, it's that we did our best to focus on helping others out and to be active in our face so that we can continue to, again, live with compassion and grow up with that as our background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, here we are, we're talking about our youth and how we grew up with compassion, how we are trying to continue that into our adulthood. And we're walking down memory lane with you, kind of tracing your kindness journey, so to say. Now, can you talk to us about where you are now? You know, transitioning into adulthood itself, it carries its own challenges, right? Yeah. Finding yeah. a career, getting your direction straight, finding stability, all of that. So how does your outlook on kindness, how did it help you transition into this part of your life now? I think kindness is probably the one thing that kept me grounded because as you get older, for myself especially, I did move out from home and I was living on my own for some time. I think it's really easy to become more and more selfish the older you get. I think a lot of the mindset of people nowadays too, especially around my age, is that I have to look out for me because there's no one else that's going to be there for me if I don't. And living on your own too, you realize you've got no real support, whether that's financially, um, emotionally, when you're at home even, you're on your own. So you have to, you have to look for ways to take care of yourself, but it's easy to forget that there are other people around you too when you're doing that. So I think me being a family type of person, like I would look at my mom and my dad every week. It didn't matter. No matter what, you. I would always go see them. Um, I think just visiting them and having them remind me that, you know, the importance of family, having these values that you grew up with, those are the things that are going to keep you sane when everything else goes crazy <laughs> around you. It's like, it's like the beauty in the chaos, I think, is that you, you can be that beacon 
for yourself if you just remind yourself that you know you have these values to return to at the end of the day so even if things get messy like things go wrong in your life maybe your job doesn't work out for you and all of a sudden you're stressed about that knowing that you did something good for someone else knowing that you did something good in general even for yourself putting good out there is not going to bring bad back to you like there's no harm in in radiating that light because you need that if you don't have that what are you doing <laughs> right you kind of just fall into a pit yeah and we become these machines so to say um exactly yeah and it's so it's so easy to be mean out there <laughs> especially in this world it today is. it's it's everywhere so we can either join you know that train or you know fight for the good the words of god which is the basis of the INC giving project and uh, kindness moves, you know, to move us to be better people and to, like you said, be that beacon of, of hope and of light. Actually, now that you mentioned about the mean thing too, I feel like everyone's fighting each other nowadays. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're on a platform, on social media, online in a comment section, or even just watching a video somewhere. It, someone's always attacking something mm-hmm. or someone. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to be the thing adding to that right? Like, we need more people trying to calm that down, not fuel the fire. So I think that's also where kindness comes into play. I think it's clear, you know, that that your journey has has been an uh, an awesome journey, Um, seeing how kindness played a significant role, like in your childhood, and even now, because you continue to do uh, acts of kindness, even now, we saw a lot of the really cool things that you did for the Make Kindness Contagious campaign. Yay. I know that you were super involved in that and it was really awesome to see. Uh, and I know that even early into the pandemic, you had set up a really, really cool way uh, to deliver groceries and and even help your neighbors. So can you tell us a little bit about the other acts that you did throughout the campaign? Because I mean, clearly the things that you did uh, throughout the campaign are what helped like calm down that madness of people being negative and mean and all that, like you putting that out there, you doing those kinds of things definitely helped in calming some of that down. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What are the different acts that you did during the Make Kindness Contagious campaign? I think just before the campaign came out, I did do grocery shopping for people that were self-isolating for some time, I think for the course of a month or so. Um, So that was some family and some friends and some of their neighbors. But then during the Make Kindness Contagious campaign, I think they were a little bit more simple, simpler tasks that I could have done, things that anybody could really do, um, whether that was just like paying for someone's coffee in line, you know, paying it forward, or just catching up with an old friend, inviting them out to go do something, obviously with your masks on, socially. <laughs> <laughs> just got to put it out there. No. <laughs> just got just to answer that here. <laughs> We're not breaking any laws here. <laughs> I think just honestly, genuinely just wanting to spend time with people, even if that's online, like just catching up. In October, a bunch of friends and I actually got together and we decided to put together this online gaming event for free because in the Church of Christ, we don't celebrate Christmas, right? So we decided to launch it on Christmas Day so that people who don't celebrate have a chance to get together to celebrate something for fun that has nothing to do with any worldly views, nothing that is inappropriate. We kept it very mellow. And we actually had over 200 people join us for that. We just did like a web conference thing with a bunch of strangers. And I think that was a huge relief to some people because we're in the middle of a pandemic where some people can't afford to spend time with their family because maybe someone's ill. 
or they're elderly or they have an underlying health condition, right? So doing that, I think, was probably the most fulfilling project that I worked on last year. And that's something we're trying to carry out even this year repeatedly whenever possible. That's really cool. So you created an online community, basically. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> now that you say it like that, yeah. That's pretty big. <laughs> do you guys have a like a name for this this whole thing that you guys are doing? Like, what are you calling it? We're calling it World Games Online. We did keep it open to anyone around the world. And I think we had people participate from 12 different countries when we did it in December. So always trying to branch out and reach more people. That's yeah. so cool. And, and I think I got to say, this is the first act of kindness that I've heard of that includes gaming. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> I think that's really, really cool. Like, it shows how creative you are. Okay, I, I need to join this next one. Yeah. <laughs> you even left, um, I remember you posted about leaving notes on people's cars in your neighborhood. Like, who doesn't yeah, want a yeah. nice note? Whether it's left on your mirror when you wake up in the morning or left on your car. You know, why do people like fortune cookies? Because it says something positive, right? Yeah. So uh, receiving a message at all in general, especially a positive one. That's always exciting. And, and it's a surprise. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also remember one of the ones that you did. It was artwork. It was appreciation for medical workers. Medical workers. Yeah. Right. Frontliners. And I think you did some artwork for it. You remember better than I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, that, was that not I correct? I remember what I did last year. <laughs> was, was that not um, correct? There was a pause of silence. We're like, are we wrong? <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it looked like Illustrator. Right. Like it was done on Illustrator. It looked really cool, like really stylized. Yeah. Graphic. So I just wanted to bring that up because you are also talented and yeah. you're using your talents to share your kindness. So that was pretty cool. I guess I can't believe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, you're leaving marks on people. Yeah, with just yeah. the work that you do. So for any of our artists out there, you can take a picture and make it. And that is a genuine piece of compassion that you are giving to others. She made that into a thank you and appreciation card for our listeners. Natalie, did you want to add to that? Sure. Yeah. So throughout the month of May, when the lockdown first happened here in Vancouver, at least, or I guess it was the second month in, I started doing free portraits of families of frontline workers. So anyone that was working in a hospital, really, I even offered it to essential workers in grocery stores or even that were working for other shops that stayed open. So if I told them, just message me, let me know what you do for work, and then I can put together an illustration for you. Some some of them came back and they were like, can I order another one? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, but they were all so sweet about it too. Some of them actually had some really personal stories that they were sharing. Wow. And so I would include those in the captions when I was posting them to my page at the time as well. But yeah, it was such a simple task, but the, the reaction that you get from people is so rewarding Yeah, because they were ecstatic whenever they got to see a portrait of their family mm-hmm. as their new phone wallpaper yeah. screensaver <laughs> when they're at work. <laughs> and I guess on that note, in general, what do you find is the most fulfilling part of, you know, doing an act of kindness or volunteering somewhere at this point in your life now, now that you are really you know, compared to when you're a teenager, <laughs> you're more self-aware and you see the value of, of what you can do. I think if I was to compare it then and now, as a teenager, I think the reasons I did it were I needed job experience. That would have been the first reason why, if I'm being realistic. Secondly, secondly, at that time, I probably would have done it just because I was looking for new hobbies or something to keep me occupied so that I wouldn't get involved with anything that would get me into trouble. But then now, I'd say I do it more for the sake of just seeing people happy. Because there's so much that can put you down. Like you open up 
a browser and you go to the news feed or you go and turn on the TV and you flip to a news channel, like some of the first things you see most of the time nowadays are about ongoing civil wars happening or that there is another huge jump in case numbers of COVID-19, um, whether that is testing positive or in deaths or a new strain coming out, what it, whatever it may be, it's not usually good news. And I would rather be focused on whatever makes people happy. Because I think, especially being somebody that spends a lot of time at home right now, and I don't get to go out, you know, I don't want to be at home, locked indoors, all the windows shut, watching something dark on TV, where you're in a place where your mind can go to dark places so easily, right? Like depression and anxiety has increased across the globe Mm -hmm. significantly, especially with young people. I think we're were the number one groups of people that were being affected by that, whether they were teenagers or young adults. So I think now my purpose is to, one, make people happy, let them forget about the things that are making them sad or upset. Two, sharing my faith is really important to me now. I think at this age, this is the hardest I have ever tried to share my faith in my life. And I think that's because you start to see and realize that time's going by so fast. Mm -hmm you know, all your teen years are gone. You're in, you're in the middle of your twenties already. Next thing you know, you're going to be in your thirties, your forties. And it just, it goes faster and faster. And the people around you that feel lost now, a lot of them still feel lost five or 10 years later down the road because they have no purpose or direction. And so by doing these things and showing them that I'm doing okay, and being that beacon, like I talked about earlier, being that light, that also gives them some kind of direction because you can pull them into that light and you can show them there is a way you can go where you're not going to be stuck. You're not going to feel numb or lost or insecure about where you're at in life. You, you can find that through kindness. Absolutely. And so we're definitely inspired by how you're using yeah. your membership in the Church of Christ to, again, share your faith and be a light. Um, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what corner of the world you're in, yeah. you can be that light and you can share something. And of course, ultimately share your faith. And so we did ask you as well, our listeners, our kindness ambassadors to chime in about how kindness moves you. So for this episode, here is what Jasmine Manankil from San Diego, California, also had to say about acts of kindness and its impact on her community and also her family. The INC Giving Show reminds me that in this time of darkness, there is still light shining in this world. When people come together, or even individually, to do things uh, that are important to others, helping those that are in need and doing good works in the community, that really warms my heart and makes me realize that even with all the chaos and confusion worldwide, that there is still hope, there is still ways to lend a hand. And sometimes we're not always aware of what other people might need, but just being there for your community, offering that hand does make an impact, not only on me as an individual, but also as a family. It gives us hope that there are brighter days and that There's always an opportunity to help others because we know that God will do the same for us. 
Thank you, Jasmine, for sharing with us how kindness moves you. Uh, we've had Natalie Fitzpatrick on the show today, and it's been a really great time talking to her. Yes. She was walking us through her kindness journey, and, and we're really so grateful that, that she's been with us sharing all that she's experienced, you know. And some of it I've honestly like never experienced before in my life, and it's cool <laughs> to hear the, the kind of journey you went through, but then the way you, you got through it, you know, especially through kindness being your anchor. So I think it's awesome. Thank you, Natalie, for, for joining us. Yeah. And it, excuse me, it brought us back to our, our teen years as well. <laughs> no, but really, you're encouraging me as a mother to see that kindness has played for you a, such a special role throughout your life. And, and I really want that, you mm-hmm. know, for my kids and want to have a similar journey. I want them to have a similar journey. So I know I'll definitely have to continue encouraging that every day for it to be a part of, of their life as well. You know, Natalie, again, we're so grateful that you joined us today. And before we, we end, we really want to give you one last time to share any final words of encouragement to our listeners and to just open up the floor. But I think we want to start this with a question. If you could speak to your 15-year-old self, what lesson on kindness would you share? Oh, God. <laughs> That's the reaction. I had to like, oh, God, what would you tell your 15-year-old self? <laughs> 15-year-old me. Um, would 15-year-old me? <laughs> you know what? I think I would say to 15-year-old me, Pay attention to how people treat each other around you. Because I think the most important thing that I didn't really pick up on until I was much older was even if growing up you're taught how to act, you don't really listen to what you're told. You follow the example you're shown, right? So Mm -hmm. learning even through actions versus words will tell you a lot about how much people need your help or whether you need to take a moment for yourself and show yourself that same kindness and compassion. I think and that does also stem from my mom as well. Yeah. She might have been really hard on me as a kid <laughs> and really strict, <laughs> but she was also really kind to other people around us. And I think that's where I picked it up from. So pay attention to the people around you. Thank that's you, great mom. Advice. I know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us. Now I have to think about it. I have to think about what I would tell my 15 year old self and our listeners as well. We want you to think about it. What would you tell your 15 year old self to teach a lesson of kindness? Yeah. We're hoping to hear your thoughts on that. But again, we appreciate Natalie. You're coming on to talk with us about how you grew up and how you continue to live with compassion. It's It's been fun. <laughs> thank you for taking me down. Every <laughs> <day>. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. We really enjoyed it. Keep us posted on your journey. Let us know all the new things that you end up doing. And maybe we can join you one day up there in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When the border finally opens yep, up, yep. that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you, Natalie. Take care. Thank you, guys. So in our next episodes, uh, please stay tuned for discussions on letting positivity drive our actions amidst sickness and adversity, no matter what age. Yes, stay tuned for more. There's so much to come. And if you like the tips you're hearing, follow the official INC Giving Project Instagram at INC Giving Project for weekly inspiration. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'm Lois Paula. And I'm Nan. Also, for more tips and ideas on how you can make kindness contagious, please visit incgiving.org. And also, if you enjoyed this conversation or the other conversations that we've had on this podcast, please listen to more episodes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the INC Media mobile app for iOS and Android. And also, please subscribe or follow us to know when the newest episodes are available. You will be notified and you can listen right away. Yes, and you can join us in our 
inspiring conversations. So remember, act now, make your move, and do good because kindness matters. It's meaningful. It motivates. Kindness moves. <laughs>